let's talk a little bit about the music too. Um, just to sort of, again, these are sort of like the first pass. These are the two things that really stand out. Um, that, that, that opening sort of theme and I, I would hum it, but I don't want to, you know, it's, it's already bad enough that I am assaulting people's eardrums with this, all of this. Um, but like it's a really sort of interesting um because there's a little bit of like almost like synthetic kind of like synthy kind of vibe going on but there's also like the really clean instrumentals um I, paul you were sort of talking about like almost like the contrasting themes like there's like sort of like there's like a menace to it at times or a bit of an intensity or danger but they they sort of the uh, the, they bring it in in sort of like almost a very subtle and nuanced way. And I was even just like, like most recently I was just listening to that intro theme and right. And you're listening to it and it has the, the, and, and again, it, this is sort of a subjective take on it. Right. And I'm going to, but it, it has like, when you're listening to that, that it's like, and the way that it's all sort of built out, it's very like, there's like, it's kind of melancholy, but it's also a little, I, I don't know. It seems like hopeful when I was listening to it. It's sort of this, this blend of like, almost like, and again, sort of even going back to the Edenic theme here, right? Where there's like, there's this sort of like this longing built into the sound of like, it, like almost like the sound, like the, the, that theme is saying there's something better. But we're kind of living in the tension of the brokenness and the fallenness of all of this. And I don't know, maybe that's just me sort of reading into it. But as I'm sort of listening to it and as we're talking about it, the the general sound design is like there are these really punchy moments, but they're inserted in ways that are almost su surprising and, and subverting kind of. And again, like it's it's one of those things where I, I sort of listened to the soundtrack again just a couple of days ago. And I was like, I was just really sort of impressed because it is sort of an, like, it's a clean enough piece of music that you can sit down and just listen to all of it and just, yeah. But anybody else have any sort of like thoughts here as far as like the sound design or the, the, the songs? Uh, yeah. It, it's amazing to me, like how many times they sneak in that main theme and like all the different mm. variations to it and all the different feels it can have. Like there's a lot of times where it, I remember it taking me by surprise of like, Oh, this is the main theme. Like I'm trying just to, to not die. And <laughs> it's like, it just shocks me. And it kind of, it's just kind of nice. Um, so yeah, it just feels like a, a masterclass on like variations of a theme. It was it, what is that technique called Paul? Is that light motif? Where they sort that of light motif, yeah. They just keep like sort of inserting the same theme over and over again, and and they sort of tweak it and and, and turn it a little bit there. Um, and, and what you were picking on is is absolutely true. The descending the descending theme is a melancholy theme, but but it, it is the the song is also acting as the the hero's light motif. This this is Ori's theme. I, I don't know what is the t title of it. It might it might be called something. <laughs> you know. Mm -hmm. Might be Gumo's theme. I don't know, <laughs> but um, <laughs> oh, but, that, Gumo. but that's the way it functions. That's the way it functions in there. And so that, yeah, it's so good. It it it's carrying all those emotions in it, mm -hmm. and and then and then it's reintroduced in a new context over mm -hmm. and over and over again, changed for the situation. It's it's extremely well constructed. Yeah. 
Yeah, for me, um, it's hard to separate even the visuals from the sound because I think they they're both done so well that they complement each other really well. Um, so, so when we were talking about visuals, I'm like, I, I don't really want to talk about it without talking about the sound. And part of that is just my own bias because I had actually just gotten what's behind me right now physically, uh, this computer monitor, which is a 144 hertz monitor. I had gotten it on sale. And Ori was one of the first games that I tested on it like forever ago. And I played like 20 minutes of the game just to just to check it out. Now, turns out I'm pretty sure it's it's frame locked at 60. But still, it looked beautiful. But also here with my main computer, I've got some nice speakers, some some studio monitors. And so it's basically like the best setup in the house. And having both of those together, like I was very surprised that the that the sound was as rich as it is in this game for a fairly simple game. I mean, you know, West beats it in five hours, but I think it's typically around like eight, eight to ten or something on well, West, on West one playthrough. Exactly, exactly. So, you know, that's not even fair. <laughs> and I didn't mean that as a put down. I meant that as like, like Wes can can no. kill. Like even a game that he's not that big on, he's able to like shoot through it. That's crazy. That's awesome. When, he's, when he said how much health he had at the end, I kept mm -hmm. thinking about like how many times I finally reached a safe point that I could stick a save spot in yeah. with like half a little globe left. I was like, mm -hmm. oh my gosh, I, I could not have done that. <laughs> I, I could not have beaten this game with that that little help. I yeah. can't all be that good. No, I get it. I get it. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, and so, so yeah, I do think that the music is is really. I think its effect. It, it, well, it is very effective at what it does because, frankly, and I know we haven't got there yet, but frankly, I think a lot of the story beats like the story. The plot for this game is so simple. I'm not saying it's bad. It's so simple that you know most of what's going to happen, like from the very beginning, like even the opening of the game. And it's probably because of the music. Like, you know what's going to happen in the first 20 minutes. Like, it's not, it's not a surprise when it happens. But when it does happen, I was like, oh, like, why am I this affected when I knew what was going to happen? And that happens multiple times. At least for me, it happened multiple times. And I think that's due in large part to, I mean, the presentation, but the music especially, that it kind of like grabs you by the heartstrings and just yanks on you. So um, That opening is so good. It, it is. But again, like, it was not surprising. It was no, surprising no. my emotional reaction to it. I yes. was like, what? <laughs> What's going on here? Um, so, so yeah, I, I think it's a fantastic soundtrack. Um, and again, I think the richness of it, um, was very surprising for me because some, you know, th not every game has that, put it that way. Yeah. Um, Wes, do you have, do you have any thoughts on sort of like the, the, the visuals or the sound so far? I mean, visuals, I just thought they were great. Obviously way too dark for my, my taste, but I mean, I appreciated a lot of like, I guess, Mark brought this up pretty, pretty well, like, especially with the enemy designs, a lot of those enemies just look super gross. <laughs> and I, I think that does speak to a lot of the mm -hmm. whole, like, oh, wow, this entire forest is just like ravaged. Just everything's going like completely down the toilet. So just thinking about that, I was like, okay, these enemy designs, like they don't actually make any sense. Like practically, obviously they're fantasy, you know, and monster designs basically. But just thinking mm -hmm. about that in that context, like this entire forest is completely decimated at this point. So I, I thought that 
did pretty well. As far as the music goes, I think we very well established that I'm musically dyslexic. So <laughs> trying to like come up with any proper descriptive words for how the music made me feel, like I, I can't really think of anything like that. But one thing I did think about during the course of the game is that it felt very British. Like that was like the first thing. Like, it, I don't know if anybody watched hmm. uh, Doctor Who's, like, the, you know, when they rebooted it back in 2005 and they had Murray Gold and the background soundtrack that they did for that. That guy was absolutely excellent at creating these amazingly beautiful, like atmospheric pieces for all the different situations that uh, the doctor would go and encounter. And I was just like, man, this sounds like very similar to this. And I looked it up and it's like, it's not the same composer, but this mm. guy was also a British composer, probably grew up with that same kind of like soundtrack that he'd be listening to at the same time from Doctor Who, I would imagine. So just thinking about that, I was like, yeah, it, it feels very, I don't know if ethereal is the right word to describe it, but that's what mm. it feels like. It just feels like it's just kind of like all around you, all encompassing. And it's like something otherworldly. If that's, you know, if that mm -hmm. makes any sense, that's really how the entire game made me feel. It's, you know, and coupling the visuals with the music, like, oh, it was, that is definitely my favorite part of the game. I think the last sort of note that we need to hit on before we sort of move on to like the story spoilery bits is the fact that this game, again, it's, it's a puzzle platforming kind of an action adventure, Metroidvania adjacent experience, right? And like I've mentioned before, I'm not super big on platforming as a general rule, but I did enjoy my time with this game. And I think one of the things that I really liked about this is that the game is primarily a platformer. It's There are combat elements, but it actually tends to be pretty combat light. Um, mm -hmm. And it's much more about like sort of climbing around. And I think one of the, the other things I really like is that they make an abundance of tools like very readily available. Um, I was actually looking at some stuff. You can get the double jump, which like a double jump in most games is like, uh, it's like, well, like one of the last things you get, or it's like halfway through the game, you know? And it's like, you know, and here it's like, you can get the double jump in like 10, 15 minutes in the first 10, 15 minutes of the game. Um, and so they, they really do want to sort of, and which is, it's funny because Josh, we were, we were talking a little while ago and I can't remember what episode, but about Celeste and how I just sort of like dropped off it because it was just too much. Um, but there is something about the platforming here that really encourages you to sort of like keep pressing on. Um, so like, I'd like to just hear maybe some sort of other sort of takes on, on this. Like I said, I think the thing that I like is that this is sort of a Metroidvania platformy kind of deal, but it's not combat heavy. Whereas like in comparison, we, we mentioned Hollow Knight a, a little bit earlier towards the beginning. Hollow Knight is very combat. Like it's almost a combat platformer. Like I don't know how many times I use yeah. the enemies to sort of like get me that bump to where I needed to go next. Um, whereas this, I mean, and you do some of that, but a lot of it is like sort of interacting with the environment in non-lethal or non-aggressive ways, which, or at least they can be non-aggressive, non-lethal. The boss fights are not boss fights. No. Well, yeah, they're yeah, not. They're they're platforming sequences. I Incredibly mean, challenging are. platforming sequences. Yes. You know, and just sort of like talking briefly about the game, like, you know, and again, sort of non-spoilery, but like the three sort of primary areas, it's the, what, it's the, the water, the wind, and then warmth. The, the three W's, I guess, is like the three sort of zones that you have to sort of put back in harmony. Um, 
And yeah, they, they, they're these sort of like these sprawling levels, right? And they're all really sort of like these really, they're like these chains of really interesting platforming sequences. And then when you get to the end, it is just a like one massive and incredibly frustrating um, uh, platforming sequence. I was watching the one from the very first tree where the water is like chasing you up the, the, the tree. And I was like, I was like, oh, I remember this and I hate it. Like, you know, <laughs> it hurts my heart. That's that's like my favorite gaming memory. Oh no, it's great, years. but it's also absolutely infuriating. Oh, um, yeah, no, I died so many times, <laughs> so many times. Like I think I died like close to five hundred times, and like when I was looking at it, I was like, but. And it's like, there's a part of me that very much likes the fact that they're like, hey, we're not going to do boss battles. Instead, what we're going to do is like basically a boss sequence. Um, you know, so let's let's talk about that a little bit. Let, let, let's pull that that out. Like, Mark, you know, I saw you nodding your head here vigorously a few times. So it, it, <laughs> sure. I'm going to assume you have some thoughts here. Yeah. Uh, so on the platform overall, like, I might be willing to go on a limb and say like, this is, I think the best movement I think has felt in a video game for mm. myself, at least like mm. it just kind of nails the feeling of like you're a little forest critter and you're kind of just jumping around, running up walls and just the, like how quickly it just tosses new abilities to you. And like, there's, there's so much movement oriented abilities. I think despite all that, I did not enjoy the the frantic sequences, like the, the boss okay. battles, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe this is getting a little spoiler territory, so skip ahead 10 seconds. The, I was a little let down that the final thing was just one of these sequences. I didn't really enjoy that. And I, I, mm-hmm. I'm also like, I'm kind of a pansy. I don't really like difficult video games. And so it was really frustrating to, to kind of like bang your head against the wall multiple times in those sequences. But I think beyond those, I, I like, I really like platformers a lot. I think this is just the best that movement has felt for me in, in a video game. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wes is, Wes is like preach brother. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I've, I've got, I've got two thoughts um, and I only have one of them at the front of my mind right now. So I'm going to go with that. You're talking about how this is the best feeling, um, Trevor, I agree that, and and it has something to do with what I said kind of earlier, earlier, way earlier, uh, before we started recording, um, is that the I, I do think this game is something special in its traversal mechanics because it's very different than a lot of other Metroidvania games. A lot of Metroidvanias have very similar power-ups, and this one has some of those similar ones, like Double Jump or... Triple jump, uh, if you get that one. So that one really helped me out. <laughs> um, but anyways, um, it also it has a lot of powers that I had never seen before in this kind of a game. And it was hard learning them, like learning when to press the buttons and how to use them. There's a bit of a learning curve. But once I got it down, then you could kind of fly through things. And that, in that sense, it reminded me of other games like Hollow Knight, where it's like, okay, once you have your skill set down, now you can now you can really kind of unleash. Um, I will say another game, another game that did that that traversal feels really good in, um, but it's 3D. So 
is is uh, Spider-Man on PlayStation 4. Yes. So yeah. it's almost like that for a 2D game, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Because even that Spider-Man game took me a while to get the controls down. And that has a whole opening sequence that kind of like forces you to learn a ton of different things at once. Um, and, and so then you're like, and then it's like, okay, now you're in New York, go for it, you know, or Brooklyn, whatever, you know, just go for it. Um, whereas this one kind of adds stuff on and then it pushes you with these really difficult segments like, okay, now you're going to learn this or you're not going to progress in the game. Um, so which helps in the moment, it doesn't feel great. It's like Mr. Miyagi, you know, like forcing you to do something you don't want to do. And then after you're done with it, it's like, okay, now I now I get it. Um, so I totally see where you're coming from as well. I, with difficult segments, if it's like just out of my reach, I'm a competitive person. And so, yes, I can get frustrated, but I'm also like, I'm going to, I'm going to, freaking beat you like (laughs) i'm not gonna i'm not just gonna put this down like i need to i need to get past this um and so i've beaten games like celeste which has i think there's a lot of similarities it's kind of like once you get kind of the the skill set down then you can do what the game forces you to do although that had some challenges that i'm just like nope just noped my way right out of there um yeah so i i agree the traversal does feel really good once you've gotten it down. Mm-hmm. Um, and, oh, that was the other thing, is that technically there are a few, at least what felt to me like boss battles, because you had to beat this new enemy in order to open door, a, a certain door. But they were very few and far between. I want to say there were two. <laughs> I, I could be misremembering, and I didn't 100% the game. Um, but there were certain sections that I was like, okay, this feels different. But then, yeah, it doesn't really go back to that. So I agree with your sentiment that, like, the end of the game, um, I was expecting a little bit more, but I enjoyed what I got because of the surrounding kind of story elements and stuff. Because at that point, it's already ramping up. Hey, Wes, you you've been you've been silent for a while, Wes. I know, hey, and I again, like- I know that Metroidvanias aren't your thing, but you do like platformers. I do, I do. And I, I do like going last because I like hearing what everybody else thinks first. So, you know, that, that's good for me. But as far as the platforming stuff goes, I definitely do agree with Mark. This is some of the best, like, platforming, like, the way it feels mm. in general, at least, like, you know, according to our experiences and whatnot. And just, it, it can get really frustrating, like Josh was saying, when you're, like, super close to, like, making that jump and you're just like, why can't I possibly do this? What is going on? Like, I, I do not understand why I can't make that jump. <laughs> And it's like, I got everything I need. But uh, I love platformers, though. And I think that is definitely one of the things about this game that definitely kept me going. If it was anything more like Hollow Knight, where you do have a lot of combat, or like Metroid, where it's mm-hmm. just like you're hanging on by the skin of your teeth for you know half the game and just trying to get to that next you know power-up, I would probably just completely dropped it. But the fact that like there was not a whole lot, I, I enjoyed quite a bit. And that was, like I said, yeah. probably the saving grace for me. Hmm. So, yeah. you, you know, we were talking about just like the controls Great. and uh, kind of wanted to ask you guys, you know, Angelica, since you aren't typically, uh, you aren't what we would classify a gamer, you know, it doesn't sound like you you sort of eat and drink, breathe and sleep video games, but you did manage to 100% the, the, this game. Um 
we were talking about sort of like the 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 level of platforming in this is is pretty intense. I I'd be kind of curious as to just some of your like thoughts and insight there. Like what, what like as someone who is not sort of a a gamer and again I know you were sort of like playing this with the newborn. Like <laughs> walk walk me through some of that. Um so yeah, I do. I did like the game. Like I liked going from level to level. I liked learning new skills. I liked finding new skills. I liked having to go back to one hundred percent the part. Um, mm-hmm. Explore I, and explore. Yeah, exploring is a big thing for me. I really, really, really enjoy that part. Um, for me, I found it. Um, I just found it intriguing trying to find all the corners because, like Dorian would tell me. Or has told me in different games before, like, if you see something off or if you see something looking like this, go look. And I, before I'd be like, I ain't got time for that. Now I'm like, oh, what's this corner over here? And what's this thing? And then get stuck somewhere, but eventually had to get out. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I like, what I, I think Mario's are platformers, right? Yes. Yes. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> Sorry, I don't know the terms, guys. No, no, good. it's 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 fine. It's fine. Yeah, so, and yeah, it's. I, I would say Mario though is like way more complex because like we were talking about sort of like the fact that like you have like there's the jump, then the double jump, and possibly a triple jump, and then there's the feather, and then there's the climb, then there's the wall jump, then there's the little like bouncing off things and dashing through stuff, and yes. it's like it makes for some pretty intense sequences. And I'm just kind of like I'm sitting here going like. You know, and again, like platformers aren't really my thing. Like I, I play like I tolerate them at best. But um, you know, as someone who's like not super versed in that, you're like, eh, no, like you sort of just like gripped onto this thing and chewed it up. And I'm, well, I, I just first, like I. The first time it was hard. Like I said, like I had to have him help me a couple times. I was like, I don't understand. I can't do the why, like the why with the arrow where you had to like attach yourself to enemies. I don't get the buttons. And I was like, I don't get the buttons. I keep losing, and I'm yeah. not I'm not timing it. And, and like the tree, which is my, now my favorite thing, right? He had to beat for me because I just that part where you had to do it with all the lights and keep jumping up with the why. I the, yeah, I almost threw the remote a couple times too. She's referring and, to the, you know, where you spring off of things midair. You know, yeah. Thing. Yeah. Thing. Right. The Y button. The Y button. <laughs> oh, button. Yes. Yes. As in, why do I have to keep doing this? <laughs> so the first time around, it wasn't as easy to do it, especially because I wasn't familiar with all, like with all the Xbox like buttons. I was used to mm-hmm. the other ones and, um, so at first it wasn't easy. The second time around though, I will say it was better. And this time around it was even better. Like I was, I'm, I'm a pro now. I like that game. I love it. I'm a, I'm a pro at Ori right now. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I know where all the buttons are and what they mean. Before it's like, what is RB? I don't even know what this button means. I don't get it. So, um, but now it's interesting and I like it. Um, it took some time like, yeah, but it's that like doing it and being repetitive with the movements was helpful. I think each level had you repeat a particular skill. Mm -hmm. So I thought that that was also helpful. Um, 
to do to be to have to do that because I know like if you got to um what is it like uh there was the place where it was teaching you that particular skill and you had to do it all the way through until you got out and so I think that that was helpful in building your skill and helping me like remember what the buttons were and what the skills were mm -hmm. and what they did um so yeah yeah no, it's just, it's just interesting because, you know, like I said, it, well, and it's, and we sort of talked about it too, while, while you guys were, you know, sort of wrestling with your connection there, but like the game sort of introduces a new mechanic and then says, you will learn how to use this. And it just sounds like you just kind of like pressed into that. You leaned into it. You're like, okay, like I'm going to learn how to do this. I mean, you know, at, at first it's like, you know, and the Y button, I did, I did look it up that that move is called bash. Um, but yeah, it's the oh. Y, the, the Y button. But why am I doing this is that was a question I asked myself a lot during the course of this game. Um, yeah. Why am I doing this? Yeah, um, I agree. <laughs> we have, uh, you know, we we've been experiencing some technical difficulties throughout the course of the night here. Um, and uh, unfortunately, we did manage to lose permanently Dorian and Angelica. So big shout out to those two. Thanks so much for carving out some time. I'm really bummed that it didn't work out. We will figure something out and have to do something like this again. Um, you know, uh, but guys, so we've we've talked about sort of as much as I think we can really talk about. And we started to brush up against it. So it might as well sort of dip a little bit into the spoilers segment like and and we've we've mentioned the fact that there isn't a ton of story here to or you know there's not an, like a ton of like really there's not a ton to be actually spoiled but there are some story beats and stuff and so you know with all of that being said i'd like to throw out a hail and hearty spoilers if you listen past this point it's on you um, so the, the, the general story beats of this game, and, and I think we, you know, and again, we don't have to get too far down the rabbit hole on this, but there are some interesting story beats. Um, you, you know, it sort of starts out with the tree and then the storm comes in and it blows off a leaf and the leaf sort of flies through the, you know, this opening sequence flies through the air, sort of this dark stormy night kind of thing and the it, uh, of course the, the leaf is glowing you know because that's what leaves from spirit trees do apparently um they glow <laughs> and it it flies on beside like and it's sort of like the opening sequence it so shows this leaf being blown around and it sort of flies over this little bugbear kind of looking thing naru um and we, we don't know the name at the time. I'm just, I'm giving you some like narrative insight there. This, this creature's named Naru or Nehru. But uh, leaf flies over. And when the leaf finally touches down, it's Ori. And uh, Naru's sort of, you know, picks up the, the, the freshly minted, freshly born Ori and carries Ori, you know, back to his her cave you know and i th like i think the the general implication here and, and you guys sort of feel free to push back but that this Nehru creature is female or at least has motherly tendencies I think so. mm -hmm. it seems that way to me on um, yeah. um on uh, the i was thinking the exact opposite actually on the ori fandom page they they refer to her as her 
but I don't know that that's officially. So you're wrong, Wes. I thought it was a dude. Yeah. But then I kept calling Kuro a, a dude. So <laughs> and that's definitely wrong. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, the the general premise here is that Ori is, is sort of has fallen from the spirit tree and it's this like spirit baby thing right and it's it's rescued by this this naru and it's raised as basically a child and it comes to a point where like basically their food and there's some opening sequences and montages right where it shows them sort of playing together and eating and sort of they build a bridge and there's all sorts of, but then the food starts to, to, and there's actually a burst of light, which we find out later is the spirit tree is actually calling out to Ori. Um, mm-hmm. to sort And at that point in time, that's when things sort of start to go wrong. Like the, the, the food starts to dry up, everything sort of happens. And the, this sort of opening sequence ends really end like and and the, the the game proper begins when naru there's like one little piece of fruit orange apple peach thing and instead of eating it for itself it gives it to ori uh and then proceeds to yeah. basically die um and this this is sort of like the the premise of the game is like you take control of Ori and you're actually going out to receive re- recover a piece of fruit for Naru and by the time you get back Naru has passed and so that that begins the grand quest and and you sort of you start all this out and and Ori actually dies in the beginning of the game which is kind of wild and the, the one of the, the like the final acts of the spirit tree is it sort of like imparts its power to and 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 basically revives ori so that ori can sort of restore the balance because part of the problem is that the the world is out of balance and we talked about it a little bit but the three w's are out of whack water wind and warmth are all sort of screwy and ori apparently and and was it sin or sign or seen i don't know how to say it it's like sei yeah. or something like that but it's, it's basically the eyes of it, it's called the eyes of the spirit tree but it's like a little spirit light thing accompanies you and it actually becomes sort of like it's it's kind of like you're everything it's like a, a little bit of a companion almost sort of like uh what's the the stupid hey you fairy from uh yeah, of time yeah. navi yeah it's like navi meets a bit of a, a multi-tool kind of facility where it's like this thing has like it you use it for access and you can actually use it as a little bit of an attack it's a zappy thing you can fire like it's the thing that shoots it it's a zappy thing it's it's sort of sometimes it's your key or your lever lever it's also little hey you like you know a annoying little voice in your ear at times only it's not nearly as annoying as as navi but um, and so you you proceed, and again, broad strokes here. You proceed to sort of go through the three temples, and we talked about how are the not three temples, but the three zones, and each one of them has sort of a a different mechanical hook at at that point in time. And then when you sort of get through everything, and you've righted the zone. There's that final sequence where you sort of like you know basically it's these very intense platforming sequences to escape, mm-hmm. um, and then after you escape everything is right with that zone and you move on. Um, you know, and that 
and and throughout the 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 entirety of this experience you are sort of the 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 seeming at- antagonist of the game is kuro the aforementioned we thought was a dude but it's actually a mama owl and uh, throughout the, the course of the game you, you sort of find out and it it seems just kind of weird at first it's like just sort of like no this owl is just evil it's like dark you know it's menacing and just attacks you but then you find out that kuro uh, sort of when the spirit tree and it's, it's sort of, again, through the, 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 the progression of the story, when the spirit tree put out that call for Ori, uh, it, that blast of light actually killed several of Kuro's babies. Um, like she was a mama owl and her babies die. And so in a fit of rage, she ends up attacking the spirit tree and she, she's the one who dislodged the multi-tool Navi spirit bug thing. Um, and actually caused sort of everything to, to come out of balance. And the, the sort of the game ends with you sort of going through this, this massive sequence and, you know, and and so the the entire time Kuro is sort of like a foil where it's like there's a couple of the coolest sequences. Like honestly, one of my favorite sequences is it the fire one where she is like chasing you, like you're doing like the 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 platforming sequence and she's chasing you and like smashing into things. Mm-hmm. And it's I don't know. No, I know. What you're I'm pretty about. sure that's, that's the third. Yeah, I think that's right after fire. Uh, tail end that, of that and so th- to me like that's. I still remember that sequence. It drove me nuts. Like yeah. l- like all of those ending sequences made me crazy because they were very hard. And it was like, and it was very much like we, we talked a little bit about Celeste where it's the whole like, just, I'm so close. I just, just all I need to do is like get what, like that one perfect jump. And it's like, and then I get a little farther and it's like, oh, I'm so close. Oh, I'm so, you know, it's this concept. I'm so close. I'm so, you know, and it's like, you know, and then you want to like twist your switch in half, um, <laughs> you know. <laughs> which I didn't do and I don't recommend doing that, but you end up sort of going through all of these different zones and eventually it's actually what happens is throughout the courses, uh, Naru is brought back to life through the, the spirit light sort of sequence. And there's, and again, I'm sort of broad, I'm trying to broad brush the narrative here and it's Naru's intercession on Ori's behalf. That sort of is the thing that sort of, get like snaps Kuro out of her murderous rage. And she actually snatches up seeing or sign what the, the, the spirit bug thing and flies it back to the tree, which enables the, the sort of the, the force to be reset and restored. But in doing that actually destroys herself. And the, the sole remaining egg in her nest at that point in time is left without a guardian. And that sort of, leads you to the, the the closing sequence, which is Naru is sort of raising this egg. Everything sort of the, the the force has been restored to its edenic state where you know the water's flowing, the wind is blowing, the the fire's not all crazy, and things are sort of at peace. And there's this little baby owl that is like all you see is the crack of the egg. Um and so but and and I, I feel kind of bad sort of because like the the it's Josh you said it best I think the story is not all that complex it's fairly simple and it it does telegraph a lot of stuff but the fact of the matter is like 
dude, there's a lot of emotional, it, like, and I think it's because partly because of the music, but I think dude, too, part of it is like the design language is so effective at communicating. Like, even though I could see some of this stuff coming, it still kind of like hit me in the feels and I was going, oh, I don't like that. Or, you, you know, it's like kind of like, you know, that, that opening sequence, that like first 10, 15 minutes with the, the death of Naru is absolutely heartbreaking. Um, and I, I, you know, and it's like, this game does such a good job of sort of like, even though the actual plot isn't super complicated, you know, and when you look at sort of like, even the way that it drives the game, it's like, oh, go get the things, fix this, fix that, go get the stuff. You know, it's kind of like, it's pretty basic, like, kind of like video game, like narrative, like direction, but they do such a great job, and I think mostly in part again to like sort of the the design language and the the music sort of do, do phenomenal work. It's sort of like really emotionally affecting me. Um, do you guys have like anything to add or sort of weigh in on that? Yeah, many, I mean, you things. do get some. <laughs> <laughs> you do get some backstory in Ori and we've talked about the wonderful auditory and how the bad guys are gory and how it feels like a mandatory war he will go through for the glory. It's almost predatory. It'll turn your hair hoary, but there's really not much story Stop. in Ori. Stop. You are the worst. <laughs> the worst. Literally. That was oh, wonderful. The I, worst. I, I'm, I'm surprised they got through it. I didn't think I was going to do that. It took me I a had to realize what was happening. Incredible. <laughs> so, um, as soon as I, I heard like three rhymes in a row, I was like, I know what this, I know what this Joker is doing and I hate it. But even though like the story is somebody, somebody with some meaningful commentary sort of jump in. Here, I will please. be the serious one for the first time in my life. <laughs> um, I, one of the things I really like is, even though the story is simple, it's the way it's told. And Kuro's story mm. is 100% that. Because you get like a hint about Kuro at the beginning, and you're like, okay, Kuro's, Kuro's the thing that ripped apart the tree. Like, well, this is a bad thing. And then our first taste of this owl is like that. When, um, at the now that we're in spoiler territory, you know, as you're as you're climbing out of the tree and the water swelling behind you, and you have that moment of like, I made it to the top, and you start falling, and Kuro's in the background, and as it just kind of slowly swooping in toward you, and it's so well done and terrifying. You're like, I just finished that. It took me like five days. Can you please not kill me right away? <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, but then, but then you you add to it and Kuro wasn't just being a jerk. Kuro was actually trying to protect um, mm -hmm. uh, her babies. And, and, you know, then the added layer of there's one left and it's being neglect. That egg is being neglected because Kuro is so pissed off, you know, <laughs> um, and just makes it, it, it really makes this kind of silent and very, very well-designed, villain um into a much more complex character and you really feel for her at the end when she's really kind of coming to her senses and her head just spins around and she realizes what's happening at that moment and she has to move now and uh i think that's 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 really really cool um 
the other one that like that the story that really surprised me is Gumo's story. And like mm-hmm. it, mm. it, I didn't mention Gumo, yeah, but yeah. Gumo starts off as just an obstacle. Like and even even mm-hmm. his story's kind of telegraphed. It's like he he Gumo stole the the one of the orbs that you need, and so you go follow him, her. I don't know what Gumo is either. <laughs> um and then Gumo gets himself in trouble and you save him. And so then he gives you the orb, walks away. And you think, okay, well, that's that was pretty predictable. Then much later in the game, you realize Gumo's been following you, been watching you with interest. And you actually inspire Gumo to try to make a difference. And then Gumo's the one that revives Naru. And uh, mm-hmm. I love that. Like I wasn't expecting, I didn't, I wasn't expecting to see Gumo ever again. Uh, but I yeah. love how it was just inserted back into it. Um, and so very, very simple stories, but just the pacing of it and the way there's told is really nice. Yeah, I would definitely echo that, especially coming from my perspective of, you know, I have been a teacher for 10 years. I've read a lot of storybooks, especially when I first taught uh, first grade for like six years. And so I mm-hmm. feel like this story in particular, you know, Honestly, they could like take screenshots from this game and just put it in a nice little book and make it into a storybook for children super easily to be. Like, mm. I feel like it would just make an, a, a very beautiful and it's simple. And then that's how children's stories should be mm-hmm. like basically mm-hmm. like a fairy tale in that regard. So I definitely think that's where a lot of the strength from this game comes from. And one of the reasons why I really kept plugging along on it. And I definitely think G- Guma, he's like that, the MVP man, like he is like awesome. <laughs> I, was, I was super frustrated. Guma's the real hero. <laughs> there you go yeah mm. you got everything done you know everything in the background and i, I just no like lies all... <laughs> detected <laughs> it's a good lesson and it, it yeah it just feels like one of those you know very simple fairy tales little fables for kids to hear and listen to and help hopefully that it would inspire them to be, be better themselves one point of pushback like i i think mm-hmm. There's a lot of like really sim- each of the story beats are really simple yet really compelling and emotionally compelling, um, and hearing y'all talk about it has kind of given given me a, a reappreciation for it. I think I'm a little confused as to how they all fit together, um, and I think part of it might be is I'm a little confused on what the light is supposed to be, and maybe maybe I wasn't mm-hmm. paying attention. Maybe I'm getting like tuned to semantics as to the lore of it all. But like the, is it a good or a bad thing? Like it's a, seems a good thing because it's of what Ori is maybe made of. It's a bad thing because it kills these baby, baby owls. And I'm just, I'm not sure the story really deftly delivered that Mm. explanation, like in what it is, but like, it's also, it, that's kind of the, the, uh, the fridge logic of it later where it's like, I, I thought about after being really compelled, like the first 10 minutes just kicks you in the gut. And mm-hmm. then there's, it keeps doing that over and over in different ways. Um, so I don't know any thoughts on that. So I, I agree to a certain extent, like, okay, if that, if that was the case, then why was the owl there in the first place with her owl babies? If she knew that the light was going to kill her and her baby, like, like how could there be these, these different, I don't know, animals existing in the same. Because to me, what I understood about the light was that it actually gave uh, more, you know, like energy basically to yeah. that land. So so everything was thriving because of it, except 
the owls. Right. And so like you do, you know, that's narratively like it gives the the reason for um, the actions of the the owl. I can't think of her name. I'm sorry. Um, and so it, it makes sense. But then you see her as more of a character in the end because she recognizes, oh, I'm not the only one who's losing someone. Um, so yeah, to a certain extent, I, I agree. Um, I guess just because the story was so self-contained, mm-hmm. I didn't care to think about it enough. <laughs> you know, the thought crossed my mind. It was just like, eh, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. I, I don't know if it comes up again in the sequel and, and if there's more, you know, that it, that it delves into, but. I think it does. I don't actually remember. Gotcha. See, see I saw the light mm. as, as like the other elements. It is a good, but it becomes unbalanced. And mm. so the light is good, but in, and we'll just probably use inappropriate metaphors for this, but as the tree basically cries out in grief um, after losing Ori, it it overextends and mm-hmm. and that's it's not the it's not just strictly the light that is killing the, the babies it is that intensity um mm. and we see the same thing with the warmth so the second we unleash the warmth it's like we got to get back to the tree to put this in balance because otherwise it's going to burn everything down mm. and so the warmth has to be there but if we don't get control of it it becomes it becomes a very very bad thing, and so I see that like this is the same way. Hmm. Yeah, you know, and and it, there's definitely some like narrative dissonance there in this sense that like the light is it is kind of confusing because yeah the game sort of projects narratively like hey the light is good or he comes from the light like the spirit tree sort of like governs the land keeps everything in balance keeps everything ticking and at first maybe like the owls do seem like trespassers or transgressors but as we're talking about this the kind of what what i'm sort of thinking is like it's an interesting sort of like exercise or or sort of exploration of the destructive power of grief because this is all sort of Mm. started with ori is taken from the tree right sort of like moved beyond like where it should be so there's loss there the spirit tree in its mourning doesn't restrain itself and actually damages people well, or you know, people, but the 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 things that it should be protecting, that it should be govern governing and ruling well, and as a you know, the the innocent little owl babies are destroyed, and in a response to that, that so like the the spirit tree's grief, like yeah, sort of loses restraint, maybe exercises a little too much of its, much of its power and intensity, and and sort of ends up incinerating the owl babies and then Kuro's rage and grief sort of fuels everything that happens next. Um, so maybe, I mean, I mean, and some of that is like, we could be just like reading into it and projecting sort of our own stuff. But that's, what's interesting is like, as we're talking about it, I'm sort of seeing like, well, you know, I think there is sort of a, a little bit of an explanation of the destructive nature of grief unchecked mm-hmm. and untethered. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, the, the, the tree in its grief is sort of like just flailing wildly and that cause, you know, it's almost like the, the chain effects of all of it. Yeah. And it really does take 
and and so and everything that happens like even sort of like pulling in Gumo's thread here you know the whole thing is like he steals that that light cell sphere thing right and he actually ends up giving it back because he sees the kindness of Ori. So there's almost sort of like this, like Ori as an agent of kindness, as an agent of restoration, uh, you know, seeking to bring back that harmony. And, and that's actually the catalyst. Gumo sees the selflessness and the gentleness and, and the, 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 basically the goodness and, and in character and the caring nature that Ori Ori is not just about self-preservation because everything in this world at that point in time seems about like Gumo's character. It's all about self-preservation, you know? And so it, it's almost sort of, it's this sort of story of like, okay, like you have like all of like, there's all the, uh, the emotional and psychological fallout from, from grief and all the damage and sort of like the chain reaction there. But then as, as the answer really is, sort of Ori stepping in and breaking that cycle by refusing to sort of like, because even there Ori loses Naru, you know, and instead of like sort of falling into like, and, and again, Ori dies, but then is resurrected by the, the spirit tree or revived or whatever by the spirit tree, but then goes on to just be kind to, to care and, and seek to restore balance. And it's, it's sort of like, so that maybe there, there is something here. I don't know, but it's like the exploration mm -hmm. of grief and how like grief has, can have all of these sort of like unchecked sort of negative consequences and side effects. And that really the solution is to not like, like isolate and dwell in that grief, but to sort of step outside of that and be compassionate to be kind to be a restorer mm -hmm. yeah yeah so you guys I are like know. way smarter but, than me honestly because i was just thinking like oh it's an owl owls are nocturnal so you know they don't want to be in the light so that's all i was thinking well, <laughs> i mean there is that too that didn't even cross my mind <laughs> and maybe even in that there's like maybe even good things can be used destructively or can be leveraged for destructive purposes. I don't know. There, there's all sorts of things you can pick out of this if you're like, you know, you know, really looking. And listen, I'm just, you know. Well, yeah. yeah well, I mean, the I'm, owl I'm, is all my dark. brain is broken in a very special way. <laughs> well, the owl was also a very dark creature. So I was just like, oh, okay, well, that well, makes sense. That, in, my, my kingdom, yeah. in my kingdom hearts mindset, you know, that makes sense to me. <laughs> and that's, I mean, that's why, that's why the owl is, is the perfect, it's the perfect picture for that, for, uh, for Kuro, um, because you know it does make sense. The owl is nocturnal. You know, uh, going to try to to avoid uh, the intensity of the, of the light, but just the um, the way the design of the owl comes off in this game is just rad. He, <laughs> uh, she is a just fantastic presence in this game. That is mm -hmm. terrifying. Freaking scary. Yeah. That's how it is. <laughs> um, I, I, you know, I've been, there, there's a lot of scenes where she's just kind of swooping in, yeah, but that, that first one falling off, you know, down the, the tree and off the cliff, it's like, so like, so impactful. Um, uh, mm -hmm. And her, just the, her, her size and everything just works so well in this game. I mean, you know, and again, like uh, there's sort of that contrast, the, the the contrasting, like the light and the dark, and she is sort of like the encapsulation of dark, 
the, the a creature of the night kind of thing. Um, and she is such a great, she is a fantastic foil. Like, yeah, that, that first one where she sort of snatches you, you restore the tree and she snatches you and throws you oh, down. Yeah. And um, yeah, that moment of, of her claw coming down is uh, talent come down. So good. I, I think for me and sort of like, so I was like watching through some of the ending sequences. I think that, that, like I said, there is that sequence where she's just like, she's coming in and she's like actively like hunting you down. And she's part of like the, the environment that's sort of like, you know, and that sequence. And that's really, really cool. But then I thought like, and again, just sort of like, this is just sort of me going back through those, like watching those ending sequences again. Um, when you finally get out of like the fire and you're like trying to like you you get through the forest fire you get to that point where it's like okay it seems like this is going to be the moment where or he finally like you're finally done like and he does like the little feather thing and he starts to fly out and then she just swoops out of nowhere like you think you're done with her and it's like oh no and she's like like yeah that that entire sequence is just so intense and even there though, I think, I think what's, what's sort of interesting is like, she is, I mean, even though she's like a sympathetic, like antagonist at this point in time, right. Even there, it, it shows like, even at the end, she's not beyond redemption. She, you know, she, she realizes that her rage and her grief have sort of been these destructive for like this destructive presence. But then she's like, sort of again seeing that the sort of the the love of a mother for for her child seeing that sort of sort of breaks her out of her sort of like i don't know her fury and it's like oh and and she thinks that her her head whips back to her nest and she thinks about she's got that one egg left and if I, like that that's enough to sort of like i don't know and i haven't played the sequel yeah. but i know that that i think that al uh, the 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 baby L is important there. I was I was gonna say like the conversation that we've had about like talking about this tonight really makes me want to play Will the Wisp now. Wes, you wanna like, you wanna jump on board this? <laughs> well, <laughs> you know, no, but focused. I, I I might actually go ahead and down. I think it's on Game Pass right now on oh yeah the Series yeah, S. So I might go ahead and download it and just see how it is. You know, we'll, we'll see how that goes. I will say I think it improves on everything that blind forest does. And I think what's interesting nice. too, is that blind forest has a few quirks that's like unique to it in the, like the boss battles are chase scenes that the save <laughs> anywhere mechanic. Um, well, the wisp mm. gets rid of all of it. Like it auto saves. It has boss battles. The combat is more direct. You don't use the little laser fairy anymore. Mm. Um, and it's funny. Like, I feel like it's a little bit better for that, even though it kind of goes more to like, more traditional video game stuff. Yeah. I'd highly recommend it. Can it improve on my stupidity? <laughs> I don't know. I can't help you. <laughs> oh, bummer. Okay. <laughs> you died a lot less times than I did. <laughs> That's for sure. Yeah. No joke. Yeah. It's like you're sitting here, you're like beating yourself up, bud. But I think like one, you beat it in like, you know, a sub six hour sort of play session, but then you also died less than all of us yeah. Yeah. without chasing With any of the upgrades. Yeah. 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 That's yeah. insane. Well, so I mean, not only that, but, uh, during the ending sequence, guy. much like, uh, 
Paul's little Final Fantasy IX snafu that he had, I don't know, was it a month back or several, a year back or so, where it, during the ending sequence, it actually froze and booted me back up to the Xbox like main screen, totally erased all the progress that I did. So I had to go through it again just to see the ending. <laughs> so I beat it oh, twice. Oh, do you do that mess? <laughs> <laughs> I needed the achievement. I, I, I forgot. Uh, I think achievement. I think somebody mentioned, um, you know, uh, not not realizing, you know, that uh, that something in the background was something. Um, oh yes. That I yes. can't. I can't mm-hmm. remember which which time which time you were trying to escape from Kuro, but mm-hmm. there was this. There's this one point where you're kind of trying to sneak sneak around some trees so that she doesn't see you yep. and, and, mm-hmm. you're, and you and what you're supposed to do is mm-hmm. like get out a little bit. And then one of the rolly monsters was going to come after you and you'd, you'd, you'd bounce that off of, uh, off of a wall to break, break it open. I did not realize that you could do that with those creatures by this point. In the game. Mm. And I, that was the point that yep. I was just like, okay, yep. I'm going to the internet because I, ha- I like I'm going to YouTube because I do, I cannot find a way out of this, of this. And then they they're like, mm-hmm. yeah, just sneak out here. And then because I'm like, oh, that makes so much more sense. And by the way, I'm going to go through all the <laughs> levels again because now I know how to get through to several power ups <laughs> that I just yeah. didn't understand before. <laughs> yeah. That was my internet uh, yeah. running to YouTube moment. Yeah, there there was one that I almost did. I got it. Like I had gotten frustrated, and I was like, "Okay, if I can't do this, it was it was dur- I think it's at that same um, it point that you're talking about because the owl was following me. And there's this long stretch that you cannot get past unless you go through the the floor. Like I had forgotten, you can just tap double tap down in order to get through the floor and go to like a log area. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I was like trying to get past it and and trying to lure enemies to, to slingshot off them to get across. And it was like right at the very end, the owl would always get me. And that, that had me frustrated, but then I, I figured that one out. The part I had to go to the internet was a puzzle in the, towards the end of the game with lava coming down and you've got this rock and you need to push the rock over in order to stop the lava from coming down. I did not see the freaking uh, lever that you could pull on the, so I was throwing it up and putting it on the, the other spout of lava on the other side and trying to shoot it up into the air multiple times and then try and aim it over without getting into the lava until I pulled up a video and then it's like just pull the lever over and I'm like what you could pull that (laughs) I think I did the same thing I I didn't go to the internet on that because I think I finally saw it but I think I did the same thing several times on that one it uh it I, I tried so many different things but Anyways, um, we we ought to be wrapping up here uh, sometime mm-hmm. soon if we don't have or, – or excuse me. Let's go around if we do have any final thoughts. The one thing I want to bring up before we go ahead and, and end it um, is – I was amazed. The probably the you know the, we've talked about different story beats, different presentation things that definitely hit you pretty hard. But I would say the gameplay thing outside of the different you know different methods of traversal, the area that kind of blew my mind that I have not experienced in video games before was the area in the forest where it's super dark and that some smoke gets released or whatever, and 
you go forward and then you just get stuck and you're like, what the heck am I supposed to do? So you go backwards and backwards is not where you were before. And then you get stuck. And so you turn around and try to go and it's not, it's something totally new. And that I remember because that area I, I was playing, it was getting late and I was like, you know, I need to save and like finish it out. And I finished out that area and I was just like, wow, that was, that was like, I am very satisfied. I just finished that up. That was amazing. And I went to bed and it was that <laughs> that just like blew my mind it was a great sequence i i was playing at about midnight and i'm just like am, is, am i just super sleepy right now am i falling asleep <laughs> what is going it, on it, it, it took a couple of times for you to realize what's happening you know it really right did. yep yeah yeah no the first Sorry. time the first time it was like i turned around i'm like oh i missed that path how did i miss that path wow that was mm-hmm. really dumb <laughs> Because it wasn't right. there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Any other uh, final um, thoughts as we wrap up? Just, yeah, just in general, like, I, like, I, I, I love this game. You do I, like modern games. I, no. <laughs> no, I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> he dirty, hates it. Dirty Ori's. <laughs> he, he, Filthy he, he loves the Ori's. It's his, it's his preciouses. Um. I'm I, I am um, looking forward to getting uh, to to going back to it because I, I only got ninety six percent and I need hundred percent. I need to. Nice. Mm. I do. There is a part of me that very much wants to do like the hundred percent run, but I'm also like, eh. I'm I'm kind of like I'm actually sort of hitting a bit of a time crunch. Like with, I guess it's just sort of like as far as like my personal like sort of final thoughts is like, I and. I'm definitely still interested in Will of the Wisps. Um, but I actually really appreciated the fact that like this game sort of eschewed a lot of the traditional like sort of combat uh, combat heavy elements that most Metro I, I think like the one big thing, like there are lots of things I really like about this game. But I really like the fact that I, I remember thinking and even sort of going back through it a little bit and and watching those ending sequences thinking like i think it's super cool that they have avoided like the 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 final or the stage boss kind of like trope i mean like my favorite game of all time right shadow of the Colossus, is nothing but fun it's like it's like 3d boss rush the game kind of like it's just all it is is a bunch of boss fights but i kind of enjoyed the fact that like this game sort of really leaned into the fact that the primary sort of means of engagement was through platforming and they they just leaned into that whole hog 100 percent. and it's like even for like the ending sequences it's not boss fights it's just all platforming it's just all these really intense platforming double jumping dodging diving dipping ducking dodging (laughs) if you can dodge a wrench you can dodge a ball um but sorry but it's it yeah it's just like and they i there's a part of me that really likes that. Like I'm like, I'm still like, I'm super jazzed to play Will of the Wisps. Um, that, that SP sound is always like super fun to say. Um, um, but Will of the lisps, the lisps, um, Will of the Wisps, uh, man. And just now that I'm thinking about it, it's in my head. It's the worst. Um, but, uh, yeah. So for me, like that's sort of like the one, like the, I actually think this is a really interesting experience where it is yeah it's very much a metroidvania but it's also like 
it's so much more than that in so many ways too. Like it's sort of, it's sort of a, a Metroidvania sort of at like a 90% angle. Like it's again, it's a Metroidvania, but they sort of, they, it, you know what it kind of reminds me of, and this is, Ori is a much better execution of that, but Yoki, um, or Yoku, uh, Yoku's express the, the pinball mm. Metroidvania thing mm. where it's like, it's a sort of an examination of the genre and saying like, but Hey, what if you just, change this one thing and like don't make like combat the primary means of interaction i i love when games do stuff like that or you know and sort of like just like just turn it like sideways just enough to say like oh hey there's something really interesting to examine here so i'll go ahead and go because obviously mark's gonna be way more eloquent than me and probably a lot more positive too (laughs) um this is like i will say uh, crack this game sucks (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I hate I was it. To do. I, was to do. Um, I will say, like, I and I, I texted this to Paul. You know, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm leaking our DMs right here, Paul. But I, I texted Ugh. this to him, and I just said, <laughs> "I was like, I can totally see why people would like this game. There's absolutely nothing necessarily wrong with this game whatsoever. It is a me problem. It is not the game problem. And I can fully admit that my bias is playing heavily in here. That being said, mm-hmm. like as you were talking about, uh, uh, you know, as we've been talking about the last few hours, I went ahead and just loaded it up on my Xbox. So it's installing right now for Will of the Wisp. So we'll go ahead and see, you know, if I enjoy it. <laughs> it's two and a half hours longer on the how long to beat time. So, you know, uh, 11 and a half hours instead of nine. So oof, that's going to be asking for a lot, but it, it, yeah, it is competing hours, with too many man. games. Maybe that's also the reason that I didn't enjoy it as much this time because it's been competing with like too many just amazing games that are coming out this summer and I've been trying mm-hmm. to keep up with all of them. So it's just like, oh, do I really mm-hmm. have to slow down and try to do this? I guess so. But I did it. You know, I, I, I overcame a personal hurdle and I, you know, embraced a, a, a Metroidvania game that is not a Metroid game. So, you know, I did it for you guys, mostly for Paul, but I did it for you guys. Now, now drop everything else and play Bravely no. Default 2, please. <laughs> like there's so much going it. on in this game. <laughs> he did start Only- Bravely Default 2, just hasn't been back. I, I'm like 10 hours into it. So, it's just, you know, it's slow. That's, let's, that's um, 20 in normal. Mark. Yeah, what's up? I think, I think it's only fair since you are a first time guest one. Um, just like, welcome to the madness. That is the, the, the breakdown. Um, it's a great time. especially a, all the a book club episode, <laughs> all just, the craziness. But um, is there any last normal. little bit that you like to <laughs> Just say in defense of this game or uh, advocating for this game, like sort of final a final note here. Uh, I can totally get where Wes is coming from. Um, if if you're not into it and you're not into it, that's fine. I think I think it sets out it does what it sets out to do really well, and mm-hmm. I think it's a near perfect game in that sense. Um, it's not the most ambitious game. I think it's ambitious in art and music, kind of like we talked about before. Um, but I think it just like, it's a great Metroidvania ish game that is just feels full of life and meaning. Um, and it's a great time. So there, there's my final elevator pitch of if you haven't played this game by now, try it out. It's great. Yeah. Yeah. Well, as we're sort of winding down and, and, uh, wrapping up here, um, I, w- I did want to give you guys like, you know, Josh and I sort of already recorded the, the, the closing, but I did want to give you guys the opportunity to, to plug or shout out 
uh, any of your content or where we can find you. So let's sort of go around and we'll just sort of mark, uh, again, we'll sort of, we'll, we'll kick it off with you, buddy. Um, you, you mentioned that you do 11 and a half minutes, um, but where else can they find you on online? And, and just for the listener, uh, I know I've, I've mentioned it before, but I fully endorse his pro his, his project here, the, the podcast. I love the fact that like, it's like we have somebody who's so leaning into the opposite end of the spectrum. He's like, he's really good at brevity. Um, so, but so where, where, where else can they find you? Mark? Yeah. Well, thanks. Uh, and also first off too, like I think backlog breakdown has been a, a huge influence in how I've approached that podcast. So thanks all for doing this as well. Um, so again, that podcast is 11 and a half minutes to talk about video games. It's most major places if you search for 11 and a half minutes it should come up pretty easily uh, i'm on twitter at 11.5 minutes point is spelled out or on instagram is 11.5 where point is a decimal uh so take your pick um <laughs> yeah either place nice all right and paul how about you man i mean we know where to find you but for listeners who who aren't acquainted with you you actually are sort of back on Twitter, or at least you were for a minute. I yeah, I I am. I actually just deleted the Twitter. He's Twitter app, adjacent uh, from my phone today, um, but it is on the computer. I'm I'm trying to to stay away from it more, um, especially because now I'm not really promoting podcasts very much. But um, Tales from the Rusty Speeder, Mont Blanc's Hunters are coming back. I am currently editing them. I am going to be finishing the uh, the. <laughs> the season premiere story from order of podcasters, which will very likely be the last story. Um, but uh, yeah, mostly, mostly now I'm on Dyson dreary and please look up techno funk boy on uh, music stuff because that's where most of, I have a lot of music out and um, I just, mm -hmm. uh, my, my latest album, um, the dragon and the witch is um, musically. Uh, I, I think, the, the crowning achievement in my career so far. Um, I'm, I've, you know, I've, I kind of listen to it and I'm amazed that I've, uh, I, I was able to do that, but it's not very poppy. So the pop one is the wolves. Listen to the wolves synth wave, mm -hmm. synth wave soundtrack. It's amazing. So <laughs> then, then if you want something dark and brooding, come to the dragon of the witch. Nice. All right. And Wes, the henchman dad himself, yes, Mr. Wes. So <laughs> um, you can follow me anywhere. Mr. Wes, the the henchman dad himself. Yes, exactly. It's a very long title. I'm going to switch my Twitter name to that right now. But <laughs> uh, you can follow me on Twitter at henchman dad. I have a podcast that is not dead. As a matter of fact, Nate, I've taken some of your feedback and I've been working with it and you know making some stuff. Yes putting some stuff, you know, on the pile and, and a few other things too at the moment. So I, I, I am going to be making more episodes of my podcast at some point in the future. It is the Henshin Dad podcast. It covers Good. Tokusatsu and all that fun stuff. And I'm going to be branching out a little bit into like Tokusatsu adjacent type media. Mm -hmm. I think I'm finally going to start watching that super Inframan that you told me about because that just sounds... I, I saw like a little clip about that, and it's like was, that sounds insane. I was hoping for I have to watch that mini series. Uh, <laughs> me and Josh, <laughs> and possibly Nate. I mean, as as quick as you're catching up, then probably Nate too. Probably. <laughs> I mean, we'll keep that in mind. Yeah, but it's not really Tokusatsu other than Isaac. But you know, that's how it works. <laughs> so that's where you can find me. Yeah, yeah. 
just just doing my thing. Awesome. Well, gentlemen, uh, did just and 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 uh, you know, big shout out to uh, Dorian and Angelica too. Um, yeah. You know, we were really kind of bummed that mm-hmm. that kind of fizzled out. Uh, that the, their internet was just kind of giving them fits. So, but I think that's that's it, man. I just thanks, guys, so much for your time, and uh, you know. Uh, I hope uh, for the listeners that you guys enjoy this. I know that I had a great time. I think you guys all had a pretty good time. And, uh, you know, yeah. That's okay. That's all right. (laughs) Finger guns. All right. Well, Josh, I think, uh, you know, sort of as we find ourselves at the end of all of this, like it's, uh, I am, I am sure that we had an absolutely delightful conversation, you know, and, Dear listener, you're probably saying, what do you mean you're sure? Uh, well, because, you know, through the power of radio, Josh and I are recording this. And some of you may not even hear this because we may change our mind when we get to the actual book club and we just may record, re-record we'll some of this, if yeah. not all of it. We don't know. We just thought it might be useful to have this one mm-hmm. in the tank. So through the the power of witch magic and sorcery. <laughs> Actually, don't mess with the occult. No, that's true. It's, that's a, always a that's bad true. idea. That's a, um, that was one thing the, that was, you know, told to us by uh, one of our friends over on Discord. So I think I, I think it's mm-hmm. a, a good time to give some shout outs to the community. Obviously, shout talk out. To, to the community for the book club episode, talked about Ori together, you know, so face to face. But also just some other cool stuff that's going on. Uh, and the one thing that kind of stuck out to me over the past two weeks, which I just I just find absolutely hilarious, so I wanted to give him a shout out, is our good friend, Paul, the techno funk boy himself. Um, he's playing through Bravely Default 2, so he's playing through a brand new game, um, you know, as a retro gamer, but, but this is like a brand new game. Which... No like, one else is playing right now. It, the, the world is breaking. Yeah, the world <laughs> is breaking because Paul doesn't play new games. He doesn't. So, he plays know, Lord, the Lord is coming quickly, folks. Like, <laughs> yes, cats and dogs. Uh, uh, fr- oh, yes, dang it, I the, the line from the, Ghostbusters. Yes, exactly. living together, pandemonium, complete mayhem. Yes, uh, yeah. that's that's what's happening. And Paul is multiple times. He's already said that you know he's frustrated that no one else is playing it. Um, then this is why he doesn't play new games uh, because he wants to talk about well, it. He wants, here's, and, it's and not. I want to it's play. It's not the that new. It's well, not that year. new. It's just new. It's it's newer than anything else that he's played, right. with the exception. Yes, because he also played Ori. So. That's yeah. true. He he's yeah. in he's in this this place where he's played two new games within the space of the year. The end times are upon us, boys and girls. The end times <laughs> are upon us. That's true. So I thought that would be fun uh, to give him a little shout out there. Yeah. Um. So shout that's out, that's Paul. some of the stuff that's been. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for your contributions, good sir. Uh, to our yeah, and we're we're glad here. to that you have finally decided to start living in the now. <laughs> You know, so. well, it's funny re-listening to you know episodes of the podcast, and I had like just gotten my switch when we started this podcast, which is funny um, because I'm mm. not typically a, a modern gamer either. But here we are. Um, you know, fun story. Fun story about switches. Um, I saw the shiny new white uh, OLED Nintendo Switch at Walmart, mm-hmm. and uh, I am fond of a certain uh, GIF. Uh, from Invader Zim, where it says, I have a mighty yes. need. Mighty um, need. I had a mighty need. I did not buy it. I resisted my mighty need. 
but I really, I really wanted it. Really, <laughs> really, really, really wanted it. Um, it was was my very name. shiny and pretty and calling my name. It said, "Well, I'm sure, said, I'm sure that was quite knee. a challenge for you to just walk away from seeing something as wonderful as it that. was." It what, was. Uh, it was. Have- and speaking of challenges, ah. let's talk about what our sort of uh, our challenges for the, the the pending Fortnite are. So, mm-hmm. you, I think you were asking me what mine are. I think I am going to sort of double back to the. I really want to get into a rhythm where I'm at least taking a couple hours in most evenings and doing something around the house. Like today, uh, okay. today. Well, just to give an example, like today I sort of was getting caught up. I cleaned out my refrigerator, like pulled all the shelves out, wiped everything down, threw away a bunch of like old groceries, you know, like, cause I don't know about you, yeah. but sometimes like we throw stuff in the fridge and then it just sits there and it sits there and it sits there. And like three mm-hmm. months later, I'm mm-hmm. like, why is there penicillin? Why do I have a penicillin culture? <laughs> yeah. Um, culture <laughs> hanging out in my refrigerator or sometimes like something like breaks or like spills or some leaks or something in the fridge. Yes. And then you have like weird mystery goo juice. And so I pulled <laughs> everything out, wiped it all down. Um, but then I was also sort of doing some work at trying to figure out how to fix this stupid broken sewer pi- sewage pipe. And I was going through, I have a whole mess of paperwork More in the upstairs bedroom juice. that will more mystery goo juice. That's that goo juice is no mystery. Um, oh, no. <laughs> uh, no mystery. I know what that goo juice is, and I want nothing to do with it. Um, a lot of paperwork and stuff. Like I have a filing cabinet that I bought to sort of like organize, like you know, our, some our mortgage paperwork and old taxes, and mm-hmm. we have some clearance yep. stuff that I keep on hand, and I keep like some forms for diaconal stuff at the house, like whole bunches of stuff, right? And I need to get that all organized. And I have a, so I was up there for like an hour or two tonight, like just going through stacks and stacks. And I mean, I put a dent in it Mm -hmm. and, but it's like, I still have a ton of crap up there that I need to go through and organize. And some of it just needs pitched and thrown out. But that bedroom, basically we need to get that bedroom ready for the baby. And then I have, yeah, like I have a basement that is a train wreck and needs worked on. And yeah, so I just need to start. So my personal challenge is like the same challenge that I issued to myself last week, but then because of okay. circumstances didn't quite get onto, um, my, you know, like we said, my buddy died and my, my, my cat, not yeah. a personal friend, but my cat died and that kind of threw me for a loop and then everything else and blah, 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 blah. But yeah, so, mm-hmm. um, yeah, yeah, that's going to be mine. How about you, buddy? What's your, what's yours going to be? Awesome. Well, I'm I'm st- I'm totally stealing your idea. Um, but I've actually tried it a few times, and I'm surprised at how um how much it's helped. Um, I want to do like the little like mini journaling as well at the start of my day. Mm-hmm. Um, so just like you know, five minutes or whatever until I'm done, basically. And it's been, uh, it's been really helpful for me. So I have like kind of a, a start, a work day kind of like checklist sheet, not, not even just checklist, but it has different things to fill out. 
just to prepare myself for the day, make sure I've, I've kind of like set my priorities for the day and things like that. And I've added a little column for journaling just a little bit so that I can get my thoughts on paper. And what I've found, or I say on paper, it's digital. What I found is that even just writing my thoughts down because it gets them out of my head, it, it calms me which is mm -hmm. like weird because I haven't even gone into it feeling stressed, but it's like once I kind of put this, once everything that's kind of floating around here gets onto the screen, you know, in this case, off, off the keyboard, off my fingers, it's like, oh, okay, it's no longer there. Like I'm good and I'm good to, to, to go and not, I feel less distracted, more calm. It's pretty amazing. Yeah. You so, know what, what were you gonna is say? also pretty helpful in that? I was just going to say, so I know that you're sort of doing some of that. And it's, it, yeah, it's definitely like a little bit of a session in the morning is 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 good. Kind of helps like sort of like sort of get the fog out, get the like the funk out, you know, and sort of like, yeah, yeah sort of like gets that out. But also what I found to be helpful is like, like five, 10 minutes at the end of the day and just do like a little bit of a recap. Like say like, hey, here's like a really cool uh, high point of the day. Or here's like, here's like a couple mm -hmm. of like really frustrations, like, and just sort of like jot those down just like, and like it serves as a, not only as a record, um, for you to maybe, cause I, I think like some of the, that's useful is like in a couple of years, go back to your journal, like, and reread it and say like, and you get to see, you get this like, cause we don't see our, our growth, but then when I read some yeah. of my old like journal entries, I'm like, no, no, I'm I'm not as stupid as I was, you know, five years ago. Um, <laughs> I, I, I mean, I'm not that much smarter, but yeah. Uh -huh. um, at least, I'm but not yeah, I think like that that, dumb man, that guy was an idiot. At least I'm not that guy anymore. <laughs> but yeah, I think it's like one with the like if you sort of like if you are having sort of a, a frustrating day, like you take five minutes and you say like, you know, today was just really rough. It can sort of help to sort of mm -hmm. reorient you and sort of like. Like you can, again, sort of get that out on paper. And even in that moment, like I've just sort of like, when I have that moment, I'm like, but father, thank you for today anyways. You know, and I kind of, kind yeah. of like, it's down on paper. It's not sort of like hanging out of me. And if it's something cool and good, then be like, father, thank you for this, you know, and then move on. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So love it. That's, that's, I, I would just. You don't, I mean, you, you, you do what you work works for you, but I think like a little five minute recap towards the end of the day is always helpful too. Yeah. That's awesome, Just, man. For sure. I will throw that on there because I like that idea a lot. Cool. Sweet. But um, well, I think, um, before we head out, uh, I think we do have a, a certain, uh, question. Do you, do you have any more questions? Questions. Yes. Yes, we do. What is your quest, Sean? Yes, that's the question. Mm -hmm. Yes, that's <laughs> yes, the, that's the, the question. Yes, so. mm -hmm. that's that's the the question, <laughs> the quest, Chun, the question that I was looking for. Mm -hmm. oh, man, we we made that <laughs> we made that weird. You, you know, and actually, you know, we sort of we we got a lot of. In, in the discord, especially we got a ton of them and, mm -hmm. you know, big, you know, sort of a, not, you know, it's a little, it's not the official shout out, but big shout out to trash Turkey and, uh, Mike, the backlog night on Twitter for your questions. And, uh, thanks for sending those mm -hmm. in. And we were, we, we hope that 
you know, the 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 gift cards that you guys won with your hard earned questions or you know, are useful and spent well. You know, whatever. You know, thanks guys. We appreciate it. Hope you enjoyed the gift cards. That's the thing. Um that's where I was going. Man, Nate talk pretty someday. This is just the best radio, buddy. Um, but we decided, you know, sort of looking at sort of all of our mm-hmm. recent, most recent entries and then sort of, we were sort of coming through and there were a couple that were just like, they were too much of a stumper. Um, but we went back to one that like we had gotten earlier and we were like, no, mm-hmm. we kind of like this question and we felt it was time to sort of dust this one or, you know, sort of dust this one out and bring it, you know, bring it, bring it out front. Wesley Ray, the henshin dad himself submitted to us via discord a while ago. Mm-hmm. What would you consider to be the crowning jewel, the creme de la creme of your video game collection? Whether it's rarity, monetary worth, personal love, etc. However you define your most important game. And uh, mm. Mm. I think for me, Josh, the, the, the crown jewel of my collection is something I no longer possess. And I've, I've told the story several times, yeah. but it... It was my original run, my original print of Valkyrie Profile. I, I, I was so glad to like you know. It's it, and especially now, if I still had that game, I would like that be. I'd be holding on to that. Um, mm-hmm. But since I don't have that anymore, what I would say is sort of like this, sort of the 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 stand in for that is I have a steel box, like a collector's edition steel box version of the Shadow Colossus. Uh, for ps4 and i really like that that mm. out of all, yeah. all the things i like all the different steel books and sort of special editions i have that's probably my favorite the uh i have a couple others that might be like a little bit cooler but that one's my favorite like that that is like mm. i love that game it's a really handsome steel book and a really nice sort of like special edition case um, the only way it could be cooler is if I had like a giant Colossus statue or not even giant Colossus. Statue. If I had a giant cool. Colossus, that'd be really rad. I need a special edition that gives me a Colossus. <laughs> um, but, <laughs> but yeah, that's, that's sort of the, that's the, the, the crown jewel of, of my collection. How about you, Josh? What's, what's yours? Nice. Well, uh, similarly, you know, it, it would have been my Super Nintendo cart of Chrono Trigger. Um, I think I've talked about it before, but we picked it up. We rented the game at a local video store, Hollywood Video, multiple times. Then when they were selling off all their Super Nintendo games, we picked it up for $10. Um, it didn't know what we had. You, bu- we were you just bought like, that this for $10. Is a really good game. I say we, me and my brothers. Yeah, yes. Um, and it, so we had that for a long time, played through it multiple times. Um, had a great time with that game. I brought it up to the church once uh, to play some Super Nintendo on, and my lunches with one of my friends at church um, and, and just like brought a box of games and that one disappeared. So I don't know who like got into mm. it and, but I think, I think a couple of the games disappeared at the same time. So I'm sure that's someone, rotten. Someone uh, took them. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it, it was pretty, I couldn't believe it, you know, and it's like, I don't know who was running mm-hmm. around here and, and did that, but whatever, you know, stuff like that happens. Um, so that would have been it in terms of games that I'm just really tied to, uh, you know, personal love, it, um, you know, there, there, 
a similar thing happened with a lot of Game Boy games that I had growing up. Um, They got stolen, but we did still manage to keep Donkey Kong 94, which is a fantastic game. So I have a lot of love for that one. We have the original cart for that one. Yoshi's Island on Super Nintendo, we have the original cart for that one. And that would definitely be high up there. One, because I love the game, but also because it wasn't available hardly anywhere else until it until I, I believe the Switch Online had it. Um, for various reasons, it uses some special chips in there. Um, so Yoshi's Island is pretty high up there. In terms of like really cool special editions, I do have the Taiko Drum Master on, I think it's PlayStation 2, that, that, and I have the Taiko Drum for it, which is pretty cool. Um, but probably the best one that I have off the top of my head is going to be uh, the Last Story limited edition on Wii. So that was a very mm. uh, short run of a game. Um, you know, it almost didn't come to America. And so I have the, the version that has the, the art book and the, the soundtrack CD. It's well. like a, a big cardboard, yeah, it's, like an it's oversized not cardboard huge. box. It's, it's like three. It's a little know, oversized. Th- yeah, yeah. Two or three times the size of what a normal Wii um, box I think I have be. that too. That's a good one. Oh, nice. Okay, Off sweet. The, I'll I'll try and remember to like dig through there, but yeah, I think mm-hmm. I I think that's the the because it, it was my brother's and then he got rid of his nice. Wii and I was like I will take your Wii games. <laughs> oh. So yes, that's that's cool. That's cool. Yeah, I remember specifically picking it up when it was on sale. It was like the one game on Wii that I bought like at full price because I knew. And actually, I think. Xenoblade Chronicles was close to full price when I bought it too. I might have had a gift card, but that one was GameStop exclusive. Um, and that was also very limited run uh, until they re-released it twice, you know, <laughs> on 3DS, new 3DS, mm-hmm. and then also on Switch now. Um, so I do own that one as well, but it's not a special edition. The the uh, last story, I did plunk down the extra dollars to get that special edition because um, it's something special. This is not like the most amazing game. But that uh, it is a cool little, cool little piece. I think it goes for around like one fifty on eBay, something like that. So nothing like too insane. Yeah, I'm crazy, I'm actually but. looking at it right now. I'm seeing like you know some like two hundred bucks, hundred fifty yeah. bucks, two hundred bucks, hundred bucks. Yeah, sort of with the way the place, that but yeah, retro games are are currently inflated. You know, I don't know if it's ever going to go back down, but um, that's I, I don't think that's like super outrageous. Um, but it is, uh, yeah. you know, it was a good, good chunk of change for the 60 bucks I paid for it. So I mean, I don't ever plan on selling my copy just because right. it's one of those games that I do. I want to, that's, that's like one that I kind of want to hook my Wii U back up and actually just play it. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I did play through it and enjoyed it. Um, it does feel like a, like a, I was going to say modern final fantasy, but you know, what does that mean anymore? Anyways, fun game. It, it does feel like a newer. It's not like turn-based, like original Final Fantasy stuff. But anyways, good times. Good times. I'm, I'm curious if anyone else out there, what their creme de la creme. Can't even say that because it's French, you know. I'm, I don't have that French tongue. Creme um, de la creme. Yes, exactly. The cream of the, of the crops. I, I think uh, it, the cream of the cream. Right. Come on, that's <laughs> it's not cream of the crop. It's the same. That's what we say. <laughs> the French say the creme de la creme. Yes, that stuff. I don't think that, I don't think they do the the. the I'm thinking I'm making the R a little too like <laughs> a little too German. <laughs> <laughs> I 
Anyways. A little too, little too guttural. Yeah. But if you guys. I'm tired. I'm tired. If, Back off. What is the best, uh, you know, collector's piece that you have in your in your library, in your backlog, in, in your, just your collection of video games? Um, I'd love to hear what some of the really cool stuff that you have are. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's tons of ways that you can get in contact with us. Share, you know, some pictures with us or, or just let us know what you have on Twitter. Our handle is at BB downcast. So you can tweet us there. Um, or you can just straight up email us at the backlog breakdown at gmail.com. We do also have a Facebook group, the hashtag backlog book club, and then our discord server is another way that you can get in contact with us. And the link for that is in the description. And then of course, if you want to reach out personally, uh, I generally on the internet go by Broccolope and Nate goes by uh, Nate underscore McKeever. Yeah, there you go. I am. I am the raging Presbyterian. <laughs> yeah, or not so raging. I don't. I don't do as much raging as I used to. <laughs> I rage much quietly. Much, much, much more quietly. Oh man, it's dude. Like man, I'm. I'm starting to fade here, buddy. Yeah. And I, the last couple of times, like, I was like, you know what, tonight I was like, oh, like, hey, easy. you know, yeah, easy. And then, no, I, I turned it on to hard mode. Yeah. Like turned it on to hardcore mode. Um, <laughs> but yeah, we've, uh, we, well, we've, we, I'm going to assume that we, we came, we saw, we conquered, mm-hmm. we had a heck of a discussion about, uh, Ori and the Blind Forest. Uh, blind force. Oh, oh man, I'm just falling apart. I'm just, I am just a hot train wreck mess. I'm mm-hmm. like, I'm, and all of you are in for it. You're all like, yes, Nate. We know. Um, you guys listen to all I of hope our that Ori you guys- best and all of our Ori woes. Mm. But now you said Ori woes, like W O E S, but that could go the other way too, like Ori whoa. Like W H O A exclamation point, yeah. That's true. You could. That's you, true. <laughs> I think a little double, double, like well, double dip in there, buddy. But yeah, we have done the thing, and we would encourage you to do the other things. You know, rate, review, and all that stuff. But I think it's time to call it a night, Josh. Mm-hmm. So until next time, what should they do? Keep beating down your backlogs, and we'll keep breaking down the benefits. Yeah, sounds good to me. <laughs> <laughs>